0: What does changing hormones mean in your sex life, in your sex drive? What does it mean in your metabolism and when we crave foods? You know, what does it mean in your life cycles from puberty right the way through to menopause? That's the information that I found and our audience find most compelling and interesting. And then thread through that book is really the fundamental truth that when you understand this, you understand how to tap into your happy hormones.
1: Today we're focusing on Femtech with Amy, the founder of Moody Month, who's created a piece of technology that allows you to track hormones and how they affect your mental and physical health. This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly technology podcast with myself, David Savage, powered by the Harvey Nash Group, where we talk to leaders from across the industry and bring you some tech news. Joining me on today's podcast is Akish. Hello. I before we hit record. I was, I was telling you all about the fact that I was sat in a pub for a roast on Sunday and I have to say you know following all the guidelines still but god it was lovely it's
2: good isn't it it is good and do you know what Mm. I I like I like being sat indoors and your food coming on a plate and it's warm not having to queue outside with a mask on in a paper bag and then by the time you get it home half of it's like (laughs) scraped on the box and all that yeah
1: yeah or trying to sit outside with 30 layers on going horrible was going on horrible
2: do you know what? I actually went oh. to a restaurant right and sat outside um the, like the first week we were allowed to and bless the waitress she kept on coming over every like 10 minutes going we will reheat your food if you want to she was like you know that's <laughs> absolutely fine <laughs> to, to which i thought oh that's quite nice um and i did take her up on it after about five six minutes of eating like my chicken i went do you, do you mind just warming this up again? <laughs> Imagine bringing it out on like oh, a little platter no. with that like metal thing, whatever it's called. Um, but yeah,
1: how did they re- I'm assuming they just bunged it in a microwave. Yeah,
2: well, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's any fancy way to it. <laughs> she probably just went in, went one minute, stood there. Scrolled on Instagram for a minute, <laughs> ding. Pulled out the Playboy. but there he goes, sir. <laughs> Old cuisine. Yeah, exactly. So I can't imagine you did anything fancy, and it was only no. a Nando's, mate. If I'm honest, so I can't. Really, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Well. I can't imagine uh, anything. You know, anything fancy going on there. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, that's fair enough. No, I, I, I had um a chicken brie and cranberry pie.
2: That sounds so Kent, doesn't it?
1: Oh, mate, it was lovely. Sounds
2: so Kent.
1: <laughs> All the things I probably shouldn't eat, short crust pastry or whatnot. Oh. And oh. did,
2: did you say you've not run for a few <laughs> uh, few days as well? Oh.
1: Yeah, because I wasn't feeling very well. <laughs> uh, anyone who listened to our podcast on Friday will will know that basically I um, was on holiday and then got very ill. So uh, the, in, the, the podcast was, here's the interview and I'm going to go back and lie down. Uh, but no, no, no running
2: and lots of pie. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Mm. you know, plenty of time to get back on your apps and, you know, Strava and all that sort of stuff. I know you alluded to that.
1: Well, I still, I mean, I still walked 60 kilometers last week.
2: Oh, there you go then. Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) Love it. (laughs)
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right. Okay. Um, Today's today's guest is Amy. We are talking about a moody month. We will hand over to the interviewer myself in case you'll be back with some thoughts on it afterwards. So today I am chatting to Amy. Amy Thompson. You're the founder uh, of the female health app and tech service, Moody Month. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me. Where are you? Where are you dialing in from
0: today? So I uh, live and I'm based in Lisbon, um, which is our one of our offices. We have Lisbon, London, and New York. So very exciting. I'm incredibly jealous, having <laughs> gone
1: to, I think three or four out of the last five web summits. Um, and one stag do actually, uh, obviously not work connected. Lis- Lisbon's fantastic. Oh, it's a great place.
0: It's a great place to build technology that's all around optimizing your mental physical health because it really is a place that fuels both of those things. So yeah, I'm very lucky.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, um, very quickly, before we dive into anything else, do you just want to kind of set the, set the scene and tell us what Moody Month is?
0: Yeah, of course. So Moody is technology that allows women to track their mental, physical health um, across hormone cycles. So rather than focusing on fertility or contraception, it's like a weather forecast for your moods and symptoms, and then it gives you wellness recommendations to support your most common moods and symptoms. So mental, physical health being probably the most important component and what connects our mental, physical health is hormones. So the science behind the technology is the science of hormones or endocrinology Uh, the technology is now two and a half years old and we have built really exciting kind of data and machine learning which allows us to predict moods and symptoms which helps women be more optimal
1: so i suppose the thing that i find interesting here right is you say that it's kind of like a weather forecast Mm -hmm. so I mean, at the at the minute, the weather in the UK is absolutely dire. So, being in Lisbon is 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 a very good ploy. Uh, but you know, looking ahead to the weekend, it's going to rain. So you change your plans. You maybe get out your winter coat in May, which seems to be what's happening at the moment. And, and you kind of you change your life around that. What do you say? a Weather forecast is is this a similar kind of thing? Is it saying? I know that I will feel a certain way over a certain time. Therefore, I'm going to slightly change the way that I approach something or or what I'm doing.
0: Absolutely. So I think the main thing is what technology should really do, as I'm sure you know, is make our lives easier, simpler, and more efficient. And ultimately, the amount of data that we have in our devices and around us in the world gives us the ability to make a lot more sense of it as individuals. So what Moody does, much like the weather forecast, is aggregate that data to help make sense of it for you as an individual based on commonalities. And for us, what's really important for that is the fact that you know, if you think about mood symptoms cycles we've designed a whole world around the idea that you get up every day and you feel the same Um, and a really important factor for women is the fact that there are four phases to your menstrual cycle and within those four phases there are variabilities across estrogen and progesterone which have an impact on stress happiness motivation energy focus productivity and we're not given any of that information. And so to empower and, and inspire women to be more productive, it's giving them an extra tool in their kind of lives to better prepare, be, be take your umbrella, <laughs> um, to use the metaphor. Um, it's not that it's gonna be the only factor in your life, you know, all these things are a component of a world in which we are living, but it is a really important scientific baseline that we should all be thinking about, not just from a female perspective, but also from a male perspective as well. You know, hormones have a huge impact on how our stress levels work. And in a world where stress and anxiety disorders are essentially an epidemic, if not a pandemic. Yeah. Um, so you you know how important it is to be and feel more prepared. And knowledge really is empowered, empowering in this context, right? So... The more knowledge you have, the more you can prepare and the more informed you feel about the experience of the world you're going into.
1: And whilst I agree with absolutely everything you've said there, I suppose that the question I'd ask is just like the weather forecast can get it wrong, how how accurate can you be? Because obviously everybody is different. And whilst there are those four phases, I suppose, how long they are might differ from month to month. And and it might be quite difficult to make sure that you're giving as accurate information as you can
0: yeah so that's why machine learning is super important in this like what machine learning has historically been used more often than not to do is is sell us more stuff right so my background was that i had a media business before this and we very much were looking at how social media data could be utilized to be able to work out behaviors now We won't get caught into the trappings of why that's not (laughs) something I wanted to do um, or build. So I sold that business because I actually found that there were major, major concerns for me around a future of data that didn't help people better understand themselves. It helped big corporations understand you and then sell you crap. So for, for me, it's about using aggregated data in, you know, in the same format, but to help people reflect patterns. So you're 100% right. Like in the first phases, this was about building the technology to be as efficient as it can be in predictive modeling. And predictive modeling means that not just taking input data from a user, but also aggregating data like wearables and weather. And weather is a really important factor in this as well, because when you think about our hormone levels taking stress as the kind of core reality, the things that disrupt our hormone levels are environmental factors. So taking pollution, uh, endocrine disruptors, which can be from foods um, temperature changes. So the fact that, you know, if you think about just light levels as well, when it's darker, darker months, um, that can have a massive impact on our um, endocrine neurological kind of pathways. So our, our plan is much bigger picture. So starting with a very simple ability to look at, in in an early stage, what are the most common moods and symptoms you're likely to be feeling to create a longer term plan around helping really make sense of a lot more data that exists within your device and and in the world to help us build more more effective predictive models for emotional physical health. Um, With the basis that what we're not trying to do is predetermine those things, what we're trying to do is just give one additional support mechanic so this isn't about using it as the holy grail for everything in your life but what is important is within health and well-being so our business model is all about understanding how we make and make it easier for people to access the kind of mental physical health advice and support that is actually going to work so exercise diet mindfulness all these things do genuinely have such a profound impact on how we feel, but we're not necessarily receiving all the information at the right times. We're not necessarily connecting. If we're feeling stressed, we orientate or could orientate towards, you know, running or certain types of foods that actually might be more triggering. So it's about making sense of the information, providing a really clear forecast and then being able to connect you with the physical things you can do to address those problems. Um, so it's, it is a guide. It's a tool. It's another asset that we have to make our lives a little bit more simple in terms of how we show up in the real world.
1: You mentioned the word connecting there, just out of interest. like um, I I have a lot of data on me and my phone around Garmin and Strava and so on. What you've got there, I suppose, is a really powerful data set that could be even more powerful if shared in an ethical way with Healthcare providers, or mental health support, or even other apps like uh, I don't know a Garmin or or a sports or a uh, or a fertility tracker. What what opportunities are there for collaboration, or is that something that that is is harder to do?
0: No, it's absolutely the important area that we need to go into. You know, I think this is what's really important about the future of this is making making it really easy for the user. So there is, you know, there is the ability um to integrate wearable data. There is the ability to understand these things. But I think what is really important is not just aggregating this d- data in a sense of everyone's bodies are the same. And let's just take male and female as one corris- like correlation here. So for you Garmin is working really effectively. Your body operates hormonally in a very different way to mine. And yet the data that it's reporting is essentially reporting in exactly the same way. If we're going to look at how we take that data and attach it to recommendations, we need to understand the difference between you and I before we can make any kind of formal or supportive recommendation that's going to be viable. So. The the future, if we think ahead, is really about not just homogenizing data and all these different things which are reporting back to us, but how different specific technologies for specific user groups can make sense of that data for the user group they're looking to support. And for us, it's, it's looking at, at women within a kind of 25 to 35 bracket. Now,
1: you've mentioned fertility a couple of times, and I suppose when people think about femtech, they do... Naturally, probably think of fertility um, uh, products and and services more often than not. Um, how challenging is that when when you're when you're I suppose approaching funding or trying to you know try and get the investment community interested or, or trying to reach out to potential users to, to say, hang on, there's a whole area of, te- of of science and technology here that could really positively impact women's lives. And we're too narrow in our focus about what FemTech means.
0: (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's been an interesting three years of evolution. So if I were to go back to when I first started talking about this, so when I sold that media business in 2016, 2017, and and then decided actually I wanted to do do this because I saw huge, huge opportunity, uh, the conversation was very different. So at that point, Nobody really. there was the early doors, incredible technologies and fertility. and you look at clue and natural cycles, and I know you've had natural cycles kind of featured in this before. you know it took the majority of May and and let's think about the landscape of funding, right? The landscape of funding is dominated by men. people, In general have a negativity bias towards risk and when you're funding early stage companies you want to mitigate risk and you say that it's not biased but you are ultimately using a set of experiences that you have to understand whether this deal is something that you think is going to get to that scale and so that early stage of fertility funding was brilliant because it was very important and it gave an amazing gateway to the opportunity for technologies for women to be seen Um, The reason I think fertility was that gateway was because men experience it too, partners, you know, wives, you know, the reality of having challenges with your fertility or in any context isn't just felt by the woman alone. There is also other experiences that can be felt. So I think there was a level of empathy and understanding that came from the the shared lived experiences in those areas. What what has been interesting is now trying to open the door broader than just the fertility conversation to say there are other female experiences and other experiences outside of even just women and, you know, the, the reality of this kind of um, traditional funding landscape that are also being underserved. And it's not easy to try and convince someone <laughs> to think outside their lived experience as to why and how this would be powerful. So what's been really important for us is to just prove the point. And what we what we were more challenged with was explaining to, you know, a certain type of man potentially that there was more to hormones than just fertility. Whereas our user base really speaks volumes. You know, we've had over 170,000 people download this product and we have growing daily engagement, weekly engagement, monthly engagement, which again means that we, we have the data to corroborate the fact that there is a huge need and one for a product that helps women understand their mental physical health connection. And that's not to say that there isn't a really important attribute for fertility. And that is a very important market. It's a very strong and very solid commercial market as well. What we're saying is think outside your lived experience and let's think about what we can do by making health and well-being on a daily basis to reduce stress for women and support women's mental physical health more accessible and you know now very much in the changing landscape of funding technology and the world that conversation lands and I you know I think also things like COVID actually potentially accelerated the reality that people are focused on daily health and well-being like never before and um, understanding preventative health as if you're confronted with a virus that cannot be cured <laughs> you do suddenly think about what you have to do to support your immunity to support your body understanding what it is about your body that is making you vulnerable so it's been a journey um, I'm I'm excited about the new era of, of technologies that support more diverse um, markets and, and people um, and I am very optimistic about the fact that you know it's it also takes time to build technology, and we're in an exciting position with our business where we've built the audience, we've built the data, we've built the machine learning component, which arguably now is about just getting it to as many women as possible to support.
1: Now, it's it's not just a piece of technology. You've also released a book, also called Moody, um, a Women's 21st Century Hormone Guide. Just out of interest, you've chosen a deliberately, I suppose, slightly provocative title in the you're trying to put the science here around hormones to, to dispel a lot of the stereotypes, to bring new people into the conversation. You've, you've deliberately, I suppose, chosen a stereotyped title to that book to, to be provocative. Um, am I wrong? Uh, and also when you're, when you're having these conversations with men, um, and the technology industry is unfortunately dominated by men still. How important is for, is it for them to to break through those stereotypes and to begin to see this from... Well, how do you, how do you get through those stereotypes and get them to see this from a, from a slightly different angle?
0: You're not wrong. Um, but it's about reclaiming this word as something that if you understand it, you can use it as an asset. Being moody, if you're not moody, you're a robot. Like having emotional changes, mental and physical are important for us as textured human beings with this kind of vast myriad of different experiences that we have on a daily basis. The problem is that we have put women and put women down and, you know, essentially use this as a kind of negative reality of women changing experiences, you know, as a kind of negative skew. And so for me, what was really empowering about understanding the science behind your sleep cycle as a woman, behind your fertility cycle, but from the perspective of mental, physical health, around your metabolism cycle, was just how much I realized I'd kind of conditioned myself to think about my body in the same way as a, a male hormone cycle works. And actually, when I started to understand that these changing emotional, physical symptoms happened I stopped beating myself up I became incredibly productive I became incredibly focused and I was able to manage stress and and you know everyone always questioned, how on earth are you going to write a book as well as running a business? And I was like, I don't think you understand just how powerful it is having this level of productivity that comes from your ability to understand how your body actually works. So it's called Moody because we need to claim it back, because we need to claim back the reality that being Moody is not a bad thing. It's a very empowering thing. We need to talk about what the science means from a position of difference. So male experiences, female experiences, and also other experiences that are not even being represented in this conversation alone, um, and being able to say, let's let's understand first, and then let's start to think about a future world where we, we inspire and empower from a position of knowledge. And so the book is essentially all the science that went into both the development of the technology, but also in my own work with the doctors, academics, you know, the real background work that went into this. But what I thought was important was synthesizing this information to make it accessible to an audience who don't want a science textbook about themselves. They want to understand how to apply this in real world. You know, what does it mean for, what does changing hormones mean in your sex life, in your sex drive? What does it mean in your metabolism? And when we crave foods, you know, what does it mean in your life cycles from puberty right the way through to menopause? That's the information that I found and our audience find most compelling and interesting and then thread through that book is really the fundamental truth that when you understand this you understand how to tap into your happy hormones because also the other thing that's incredibly exciting about the way our brain and body works is that we have chemicals to counteract stress dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins. They're a combination of neurotransmitters and hormones, which are very, very powerful drugs inside our body, which help us feel elevated. When we understand that, and we understand that stress and all the other things that are, you know, going on in the world around us are are limiting our ability to access those hormones and those chemicals, we start to realize why the chronic reality of anxiety, stress disorders, and depression are sweeping through society and as female experiences need to be highlighted that just again homogenizing the solution for anxiety and stress disorders for everybody isn't going to actually solve the problem we need to drill down into the important difference between people
1: Amy it's been fascinating to talk to you today thank you for sharing some time I hope that the book um, reaches a wide audience I hope that the technology does Obviously, as well, it's great to hear that it's it's on the way, and that you open up the conversation so that more people begin to address these issues.
0: Thank you for having me. Um, it's been a pleasure.
1: Possibly, you're not the best co-host for this. Ooh. Take a take a I'm huge go- deep breath. Got to make sure that we don't say something that's going to sound awful. Um, yeah. No, I actually found I found this fascinating, and I think actually in a way it's quite good having two blokes talking about this because this is the kind of topic that normally guys go, oh. Maybe I won't talk about this,
2: and we should. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it's one of those topics where guys go, "Oh, sounds a bit complicated." I, you know, I'll just let you crack on. You know,
1: well, that's that's funny enough, isn't it? Because when you say it sounds a bit complicated, that's the the privileged position mm. of not having to deal with yep. four different phases every single month. Mm. I was I was I was making notes earlier, sat on the sofa next to my wife. And she was listening to, to Amy. And she said, first of all, really articulate, really, really eloquent. And you can tell that she's passionate and that it's not just someone working for a company. It's it's something that she really believes in. But she said to me, with the forecasting piece, it's it would be really useful because of the fact that there are times where she acts in a certain way and then she has period pains and goes, ah, that's why I acted in that way. And then goes back to someone and apologizes.
2: Mm.
1: And that that is pretty much verbatim what my wife said. So I'm not mm. trying to kind of take anything out of context there. Um, and I thought that was quite interesting that she obviously is aware of the way that it affects her moods and the way that she reacts to certain situations. Mm. But equally, I'm probably guilty of not taking that into consideration sometimes and if anything, men kind of make a joke of it. And we probably shouldn't. We probably should be a bit more understanding. Like, you know, that that typical laddish joke of, oh, that time of the month, which is totally unfair, probably has some element of truth in it, but is particularly uncaring and unsympathetic to something that we don't have to deal with, and women obviously do.
2: Yeah. And I think it's just, as as blokes, just not understanding the the intricate... <sighs> kind of details right i mean like we 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 were talking before we hit record how you, you know and again it's that whole kind of joke which goes from the upper you know from the opposite side which is like oh you've got a bit of man flu with you but you know when when i get ill or i'm under the weather you know i just want to be kind of laying in bed and watching netflix and not really doing much right whereas mm-hmm. i think with females because it, it's it's become it is a cycle in their life, right? I mean, it's a cycle every month, right? But it is such a big part of their life. They have just become used to dealing with it, but also everyone deals with it separately. Some females would kind of crack on as if nothing has happened and their hormones maybe, you know, are kind of just stay constant or whatever. Um, But there are, I know, some females who have to plan certain things around it. And, and, you know, if it Mm. is... For example, if it is something where, you know, you have to go in to like a work presentation or there's like a big thing that, you know, might involve a bit of nerves, a bit of anxiety, they would rather not be, you know, on their cycle at that specific time. So they'll try to, you know, kind of manage it, to, you know?
1: Yeah. Around. And it's the point, isn't it? I mean, you know, they talk a little bit about something like Garmin um, in the interview and the fact that Garmin is, um, you know, Male or female, it doesn't matter. We're very different hormonally, but we're measured currently in exactly the same way through, through a wearable app like that. And the world of work is set up in a male-dominated environment with men in mind, with zero consideration or quarter given to the, to, to the points that you were just making. Everything that, that is generally out there, and, and this is why actually it's been great over the years on Tech Talks, to be able to interview people like Wild AI. So Wild AI, uh, Helen Guillaume was on Dragon's Den last month. Um, specifically tackles exactly this in terms of the the Garmin fitness angle that women sometimes are going to be more optimal than others, um, but it's it's basically shit that the world is 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 structured in a way that that we don't account for that, and that a woman unfortunately has to think about planning meetings at various different times of the month, and that a man wouldn't ever consider that. Or, or give it a second's thought.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. And, and when I actually think about it, I mean, well, we'll go back to football just a little bit. But mostly, it's like, oh, well I can't, I don't want to book a, a meeting too late in the day there because you know there's a seven o'clock kickoff that I need to get home for. And you know, our, our lifestyles are sometimes revolved around the smallest thing that you know, as as blokes, we make into a massive deal, but. Just going back on your point, and I think this is on their website as well. It's just the lack of empathy, and yeah, you know it's basically you've got something here you've got a platform, which I think they have it on their website, which is, I think it says powered by empathy I think in those specific words, but it is just powered on empathy and, and and kind of knowing um you know how to deal with emotion hormones feelings and 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 women in in, in particular and kind of what they have to go through, i guess um yeah. Because as as a bloke as well, I mean, if you actually kind of go for it, you, I mean, I'm forgetful. I forget a lot of things. Um, I've forgotten to get on a recording of this podcast with you once, uh, you know, completely <laughs> blanked you. But, you know, things like that for women are massive, right? And and they have to, it's always in somewhere in their mind um, and they're having to deal with it and, and and do everything around it. So, yeah, I love the idea and the fact that it's, it goes back to things like stretching to yoga, to articles, you know, it, it's also, I personally thought, and I don't know if this is um, a conscious effort, but I thought it's also something to help women take their mind off the subject, you know? So if it is a, uh, something they can read or something, you know, to, to what, well, you know, if you of,
1: understand something, you feel like you can control it to a certain degree more, can't yeah. you? I mean, if if you feel like it's running your life as opposed to, you are managing it then that must be an awful situation to be in mm,
2: no exactly and i think um yeah I, I think it's great what they what they're doing and, and like mm. i agree with your wife as well i think amy sounds so passionate and and so kind of authentic and real about you know what they're looking to do and where they're going but i think it's great yeah. they're very very good
1: well, before we say anything that trips ourselves up, I think we hopefully have, have got through that unscathed. Have we? <laughs> Two guys talking about this. Really
2: would have been lovely if Haley or Amber were free. Yeah. I mean, did, did you realize how I was speaking a lot slower because I was actually thinking about what <laughs> I was thinking about? Making what sure Amber's we don't saying. say something stupid.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, exactly. Hopefully, we didn't, Amy. No, hopefully, we didn't. <laughs> but... It's a fantastic, fantastic app. Go have a look at the book
2: and listen you're going to to say something mate sorry yeah i was going to say listen to amy she she talks about it a lot better than we do um we just concentrated on it so yeah
1: (laughs) like we do with everything hopefully didn't screw it up right we'll go for an advert break when we come back we're going to talk about something very briefly that sounds a little bit like minority report a couple of years ago michael and jacob two friends from london were both thinking about their consumption and sustainability as a whole Michael, a professional footballer at the time, realized he had no options when it came to sustainable sportswear. Overconsumption and underuse was all too common. Hilo was born, a sportswear brand fighting for the planet by changing mindsets. They' started with a running shoe made with seven natural materials, and the shoe could be recycled at the end of its life. As a company, they've offset their carbon to beyond zero, making them carbon negative. You can find out more about Hilo and support their mission at hiloathletics.com. That's H-Y-L-O. We support the Hilo movement. There is an article. I'm not going to go through it in great detail, um, but this is really interesting. It's in The Verge. Um, It's all about a predictive policing program, okay, uh, which told a man he would be involved with a shooting but it couldn't determine which side of the gun he would be on. So instead, it made him a victim of violent crime twice. It's The article is called Heat Listed. It's by Matt Stroud. It's in The Verge. Uh, new article today. It's a long um, read, but it's all about a guy called Robert McDaniel um, and his troubles, basically, because of bias in data. So... He could be the shooter. He might get shot. They didn't know. But the data said he was at risk either way. I'm just going to pull out some of the some of the kind of the strap lines. It was predictive policing in its purest form. Um, Mm -hmm. It talks about the Chicago heat list, which is an inflection point uh, uh, that is more than three decades based on three decades of increased reliance on data in policing. Um, it shows your heat maps on where gun crimes happened, basically trying to kind of work out, all right, well, this is where gun crimes happen. Therefore, this is where gun crimes are going to happen. Mm. Um, and then obviously the big question is, what What if the data is wrong? And what if, um, unfortunately, that data is manipulated? So the article kind of you know, talks about the fact that it, it wasn't high tech. Cops would just use the list as a way to target people. It is so on point with the times hmm. um it, it is it is a read that you are going to have to invest in but we'll put a link in the show notes and it is properly worth having a look at
2: really and so so what's been what's been the outcome of it then? so what what's the i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm um... gonna spoil it
1: yeah, all all, all all I'll do is read the last line, which just says, "I can't just, I I just can't do that." McDaniel went on, "I can't trust them," which is really worrying that it it, it ends on that kind of a sentiment. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I joked a little bit before the, the break that it's kind of um, Minority Report esque, but it's like, you know, in Minority Report, they they use science fiction, fantastical kind of technology to try and predict future murders. Yeah. Um and it goes wrong and it's manipulated. And here is kind of a real world example that is you've got data, it's predicting where crime's gonna happen, it's predicting who might be involved and it can be it can be manipulated.
2: I mean I mean that's scamming and everything at its best in it, really. And if it can be yeah. manipulated then you begin to think who is seeing you know the inside of a prison cell or who's seeing the inside of courtrooms that really shouldn't be there and you know have they been set up or whatever i don't know i'll tell you what netflix are probably Go going to pick up that article and there'll be a ten-part. Oh, it, it, it.
1: it would be an awesome documentary it yeah. would be right it would so, be something well worth watching uh plenty plenty in there that's right on the pulse of of topical conversation right now. It is really it is worth investing fifteen, twenty minutes of your time in?
2: Yeah. Okay. I'll put it in the show notes. Can we tag Netflix in the show notes as well? Maybe we could, you know or oh, on 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 online and go, hey
1: Netflix, we've read this. <laughs> I mean, if the, I can't imagine that the Verge writer isn't kind of I'd hope that he might kind of suggest that it would be a good kind of true crime documentary. But you yeah. you just got a feel for especially members of of minority communities in areas where there's extreme poverty who just get shafted Mm. time on time again.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, yeah, it goes back to everything, right? The whole, even the A-level results and stuff last year when it was, you know, all done through an algorithm and computers and all that sort of stuff. And people that were at lower schools or in, in poorer areas of the UK, we're just giving lower grades because, yeah, wait, you're yeah. not seen as, as getting that. So and it goes back to everything that we say on here. Data, good. Technology, very good. But sometimes we still need humans. We still need people, oh. you know.
1: Te- technology and data.
2: I You know, agnostic. Could
1: be brilliant, but it really depends who's who's pulling the levers. He's using it. Exactly. Anyway, Akish, thanks for joining me. Fingers crossed you get to enjoy the inside of pubs and, and, uh, and restaurants for plenty of months to come. And uh, we'll be back on Friday.